keep warm, and fight the cold this winter. This week at Hayes Home Furniture, they're having a floor model blowout, which seems like a well-named sale as pre-winter winds blow in. Floor model sofas and chairs blow out priced, and mattresses at $199.99, twin, full, or queen. And if you're still looking for the perfect tree to put your gifts under, Hayes has a large selection of artificial Christmas trees in a variety of styles, sizes, and colors. Shop Hayes Home Furniture in downtown Listowel. Precision weather, cloudy, mild today with a high around 10 this afternoon. Showers and fog overnight. Temperature steady around 9 or 10, or rising slightly by morning. Tomorrow, showers in the morning, clearing in the afternoon, high around 12, and then falling through the afternoon. Wednesday, partly sunny, chance of flurries, and the high minus 1. It is currently 6 degrees. CKNX News Time, 10.05. I'm John Chippa, News Next at 10.30. CKNX AM 920 is your information leader. See us on the web at www.cknxam920.ca. When you want more than just a headline, when you want more than just a tweet, when you want more than a 10-second soundbite, The Talk Show with host Brian Allen. It's conversation, it's newsmakers, and debate on the hot topics of the day. Now, here is your host, Brian Allen. Thank you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. Uh, Yeah, it's Monday. Uh, Martha, Fred, go ahead and put that laundry out. Go ahead and hang it out. Uh, Good-looking day out there. Not too bad at all. Uh, Coming up on this morning's show, we're going to be talking about DGRs, uh, short for Deep Underground Repositories. We're talking, of course, about nuclear waste. And, uh, well, one of the, this repository uh, could end up beneath your feet uh, if you're living in our area. Uh, we're going to be talking about that this morning and get your thoughts on this subject. Also, of course, uh, this time of year is not always a happy year, time of year. It can be a sad time particularly for those who are grieving. We're going to be talking with uh, a mother and daughter team, both of them doctors. We're going to be talking about how to deal with grief this time of year. How do you put that all together? We'll be looking at that this morning. And a great story coming out of Chesley. You know how churches are having a difficult time? Uh, Some are closing. Yes. Uh, we have a great heartwarming story to tell you out of Chesley this morning. We're going to be joined by Reverend Carrie Irwin. Uh, she'll tell us her story and what's going on with her parish in Chesley. I think you'll find this both heartwarming, uh, pretty seasonal. You can make a movie about this. So we'll be talking with the Reverend Carrie Irwin this morning. And we want to uh, hear from you. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind this morning. Join in our conversation with our guests. We'll also play trivia with you this morning as well. So lots coming up. 357-1280 if you're calling locally. If you're calling long distance, uh, we just bill Jerry Ford. Uh, 1-800-668-2569 on the toll-free line. You can also email us. The email address here is talkshow at cknxradio.com. Well, some local municipalities continue to clamor to become a host to an underground storage facility for nuclear waste. Uh, is your municipality one of these? Could be. Uh, the carrot in this for politicians is uh, money and votes and jobs. Of course, they see an investment 
that in turn will produce jobs in their area. And, of course, we know many jobs are leaving our area, and it is difficult to find new work. So is this an economic opportunity? But is the economic opportunity overriding common sense? Uh, in the short, will short-term gain be followed by long-term pain? Uh, recently, a spokesman for the group Great Lakes United cautioned people who attended a meeting in Walkerton. Now, Great Lakes United is a watchdog organization that monitors policy affecting the Great Lakes region. And joining us now is the Interim Executive Director for Great Lakes United, John Jackson. John, good morning and welcome to the show. Well, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to have you with us, John. Um, what do you make of the notion, uh, in Bruce and Gray particularly, that this region, after all, uh, has uh, benefited from nuclear power. Nuclear power has been good for the area for decades. It's created the high-paying jobs. It's boosted the local economy. So the thinking maybe is, isn't it a natural step that this area, which has drawn these economic benefits uh, from the production of nuclear power, would therefore be the obvious choice to deal with nuclear energy's waste? I mean, is, is there that kind of mindset out there? Well, there certainly is that mindset out there. I, I think it's a, a misplaced mindset, however, uh, because first of all, the, the proposal here is to bring the waste, not just that's being generated there in the Bruce, but throughout all of Canada, from, from the East Coast, uh, from Quebec, and from the other uh, nuclear power plants in Ontario, to one centralized place. So the, this whole question of why should we bring it all to one place put all the, the risk and the threat and the burden in one place. I guess the other question is, why bring it to a place where the shoreline is bordered by the, by the lake? I mean, why have it this close to such a large body of fresh water? Is that an issue with you? Well, it, it certainly is, but I'm not promoting that it be shipped uh, to, to another location as well. I, I think that the people in the Bruce area, and that, as you said, have been benefiting in some ways in terms of jobs, et cetera, uh, should uh, have a responsibility to take care of what's there. But I'm certainly uh, very alarmed at the potential for this to get into the waters of the Great Lakes, and it could be devastating. The other question, of course, is, is that the... The Nuclear Waste Management Organization, the proponent uh, to build this facility, says that some of the waste could be brought in by ship. And that means the potential for, for accidents where it could be directly spilled into the water, into Lake Huron, and, or, you know, get, uh, you know, a ship that runs aground or whatever, uh, especially as we see falling water levels. Uh, it's being spilled into the water, and that then means an immediate release all through Lake Huron and downstream throughout the entire system. And, and of course, we know, John, that uh, accidents are based on stats. The more you, the more risk you carry over a period of time, the greater the risk of an accident. And I remember, and I think we all remember, the debate over shipping those uh, those used uh, nuclear boilers, those uh, boiler system or generator systems, the used cores, uh, over to uh, Sweden. And there was that great debate over the danger of trucking them down and then loading them on barges in the Owen Sound Harbor for shipment. And finally, at least this uh, this idea was delayed, as we understand it. That's just one instance. I mean, one and, has and, to, that, and, and, what, I, and that is with a, a type of waste that is 
uh, not nearly as high a level as the waste that we're talking about here. So we're dealing with higher waste and a re- well, repetition well, of this over and over again of this material being shipped uh, into potentially the Great Bruce area to be stored in an underground facility. Yeah, for decades. For decades. And, and it isn't just the, the water, but also the uh, – it wouldn't all be coming by water. Probably the majority of it would be coming uh, on the roads. So you have to look at all the transportation routes from, from Pickering, for example, uh, over to that site, from Darlington over to that site. So throughout – the, the municipalities that lead to that site if it was there. And I take it this would happen all year round in all kinds of weather. Well, I, 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 they haven't said that for sure, but they always talk about when you look at their data, they say number of loads every month. And so they do say every month. I know I was raised in Harrison. I remember our great entertainment was the seeing the huge pieces of equipment coming up Highway 9 to go to the Bruce when they were constructing the facility and, and an upgrade since. But, and people looked at that as, as, you know, that was entertainment. But if those, that instead was trucks with uh, high-level nuclear waste on them, uh, you can be sure those communities on the road, routes in would not be looking at it as entertainment. They would be very upset. And with the way our road system uh, is right now, this material would be being hauled right through the main street of some communities, I would take. Oh, sure. I yeah. mean, Harrison, for example, there, it would have to go down the main street and through the stoplights at the corner, and it would be the same with the other municipalities. Um, now, of course, what we're hearing is that uh, so far, uh, in terms of the geologic uh, aspects for this underground site, that everything is, is right for us. So we have the right geological makeup here that we can safely store this thing deep underground beneath our feet. Uh, that's what we're being told by the proponents of this. I take it you think all the questions haven't been answered in this regard as well. Oh, definitely. The, the, the unknowns around the burial of high-level radioactive waste is, are huge. Scientists uh, have huge disagreements about what the risks are. And we have to realize that there is no operating facility similar to this anywhere in the world. And so we have no basis to go and say, well, it's working somewhere else. And even if it was up and operating for, for a year or two, that tells you nothing. We are talking about waste that the proponent themselves, the government tell us us, has to be separated from the environment forever. That's that's just incredible to think of. Yeah, yeah and virtually impossible. I mean, we can't uh, even uh, two, three hundred years. We're told that this stuff is going to be active underground for what? Literally thousands of years. Yeah, a million years. million years. Yeah. Uh, my goodness. I mean, we take a look at the changing landscape in this part of Ontario in the past century. It's mind-boggling. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and we have no guarantee during that time there, is like, there will likely, almost surely, be earthquakes Yes, and yes, other events. Yep, yep that's right. We, we feel, obviously, there are wastes there, and we have to do something with them. But we think that to bury them a kilometer below ground where we cannot access them, where we cannot see if problems are starting to happen and where we can't fix the problems if we start seeing them, that that's what's really irresponsible. So what we say is that we need to deal with them beside the, the power plants where they're now being generated. We need to put them 
in in you know very in storage that you know is highly constructed in terms of security etc by the plant in um, at the surface or near the surface so that we are able to see if the lighters for example on the the caskets are starting to break down and therefore our need to take action to fix them up so we can monitor closely before a problem arises I suppose it raises the question, though, if you have a material, a toxic material that's produced that's going to last a million years, and you really are at a quandary of what to do with it, doesn't that raise the prospect that we need to take a whole, a new look at nuclear energy? I mean, if if this if it's producing something we simply can't find a way to get rid of, then doesn't it make sense we have to get rid of the source of the problem? You're, you're getting right to the core of the problem. Uh, it's when we first started you know, using this technology to generate power back in the 50s, we said we are confident that the scientists and the engineers will come up with a solution for the waste. But we knew at that point that we didn't know what to do with the waste. Well, today we're finding similar statements still being made that we still aren't confident that we know what to do with the waste. So the question that arises is that before we accept a new technology, and nuclear power is an example, it's not new anymore, but it, it, when it was new, and that we should not be building such a, and using such a new technology until we know that we know how to handle with the, handle the waste. An example of that is you all hear PCBs, you know, and we started using that material, and it's everywhere now, and our environment is contaminated with it, and we're now saying we need to get rid of it. We need to get it out of the environment. But once it's out there, how do you ever get it back again? And so that's another example where we should never have used PCBs in the first place. Um, John Jackson is with us. Uh, we're talking about uh, those deep underground repositories for nuclear waste. Of course, we know that uh, local governments in our area, they're stepping forward. They're actually competing for the right to host to become the place where nuclear energy will be buried deep underground beneath our feet, uh, uh, ostensibly to be there for, uh, well, ever. Uh, doesn't this strike you, though, John, that what we have here is the nuclear industry, the proponents of nuclear industry, take, making a move to put us in a position here where if we build this deep underground repository, and it's not going to be built cheaply, once we go that far, then in essence that has us on the hook to continue with nuclear energy as we have it now ad infinitum. It's one more reason to say we're, we're in this now uh, for, a, for a penny or a pound. We cannot back away from it now. Well, it, that certainly is true, and that is why the industry is pushing so hard to get this facility built. So they can say, hey, the waste problem is dealt with, and therefore it's fine to be expanding the power plants uh, all the time, and the, the, it is definitely is the situation. The other concern I have is that if we build the uh, repository here, the deep geological repository, that we may start taking in waste from the United States as well. Whenever the Nuclear Waste Management Organization is asked this question, they say, no, we will only take waste from Canada. Those promises have been broken so many times when you look at waste proposals elsewhere. Alberta, for example, when they built a hazardous waste incinerator and landfill and, and a deep well 
they were told by the provincial government, we will only take waste from the province. Then, a few years later, they said, oh, well, we'll take waste from Canada as well, the whole of Canada. And then they said, no, we'll open it up and we'll take waste from the United States as well. Because that was how they could take care of the cost involved in making the facility in the first place and try to make try to make it more economically viable. Well, let's take this one step further, John. Never mind the United States. When we see the kind of treaty arrangements that we're involving ourselves in with countries around the world, including places like China, uh, Japan, and so on, could we not even be on the hook for accepting nuclear waste from countries overseas like the two I just mentioned? Well, I think the, the moral question and even a legal question that arises is some of those plants that are being built in some of the countries are ones that are using Canadian technology and that were, in effect, built and sold to those countries by Canadian, the Canadian nuclear industry. So I think it would be totally fair of the people in those countries to say, hey, wait a minute, uh, this waste is being generated by a company that's made money out of it from Canada, and therefore the waste should be their headache, not ours. So it becomes a caveat to sealing the deal then. Yes, we'll buy your nuclear technology. You can build a plant in our country as long as you sign on to accept our waste. Yeah, I mean, this, this is all the sort of stuff we've seen happen in the past. You know, we're made the promises now that, no, it would only be waste from Canada, but we find repeatedly in these sorts of situations that the promises are broken once the facility has been built. You know, one thing about human beings is we become very complacent about just about everything in life. And when we're talking about something this long term, I can see where, oh, yes, we'll really go overboard with monitoring and so on in the early days. But won't the monitoring of these underground repositories become, first of all, an easy political target, a simple political football, uh, something where, well, if we have to, have to cut back, let's cut back on the safety monitoring of these underground facilities that have been down there now for 100 years. I mean, what's to guarantee that eventually we simply don't become um, foolhardy and lazy about monitoring these things? You know, I think you're certainly pointing to a pattern that we've seen over and over again with, with all kinds of industries. And especially once the facility has been closed, that we've backed out of that facility, we've so-called sealed it off, and and then our attention to it is, is likely to start to diminish. I remember a number of years ago, I asked an official at the Bruce Nuclear Power Development in those days, I said, what do you do when this place wears out? Right. And what do you do with it? And there were sort of some red faces because... Nobody seemed to have an answer. I mean, you have, we have this, these, these places. They're built. Uh, they're essentially contaminated throughout. And what do you do with them? I mean, was, yeah. Shouldn't that be a signal that we don't need to get any, any deeper here? That's right. It's another example uh, because we don't know what to do with them. And we have some that are, are sort of sealed off. And, and in some cases, for example, the, the Chernobyl case in Russia, where they put a new dome over the top of the, the power plant, uh, trying to stop radiation being released. But we don't know how to uh, take these apart. We don't know what to do with the waste once all that concrete and so on has been radiated. We don't know what to do with it. Again, that's irresponsible to be in that kind of situation. Very interesting and somewhat uh, alarming. Uh... John Jackson, who is uh, the Interim Executive Director of the Great Lakes United. John, uh, very interesting. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Okay, my, my pleasure. Yeah, Thank all, you. all the best to you.
All right. What do you think? What do you think of the DGR as the debate continues? Where do you come down on this? Are you concerned that we're rushing into this, that we need to do, as John Jackson has suggested, never mind listening to what the proponents of the GGRs are telling us, maybe we need to start doing our own research and asking our own questions. Do you have any questions? Or is it okay? Are you listening to the politicians? And are you okay with having nuclear waste buried beneath your feet? and the feet of future generations in this province. Uh, are you all right with that? Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on it this morning as we refire the DGR debate. 357-1280 or 1-800-668-2569 on the toll-free line. You can also email us your question, talkshow at cknxradio.com. Back after this. Got a comment for Brian Allen? Call 1-800-668-2569 or 519-357-1280. Or check CKNXAM920 on Facebook. The talk show will be right back. It's time for a Santa stop on CKNXAM920. Hi there, it's Dan Devine. We are in Goddard at the Suncoast Mall for a Santa stop. Suncoast Mall has a lot of stuff for your Christmas. Uh, on December 8th, baby's first Christmas is happening from 1 to 5. Lakeview Photography is donating a dollar from each baby having a picture taken with Santa to Sick Kids Hospital. And pet photos are also available. Get your pet all santa out. That happens Wednesday, December 12th from 6 to 8. I'm standing right now in front of McNane Communications, your authorized Rogers dealer. You can pick up some communications for a loved one this year. Also, the source if you're into gadgets and tech as well. For that special someone on your list, Reitman's, is right here for all you're going to need. We're going to be out all day talking about Santa stops. I'm Dan Devine. Boyd's Farm Supply in Fordwich would like to get you out there on the trails with a new ATV at a special price. From now until December 15th, Boyd's is offering a 10% discount on all ATV services or repairs. You can also receive this 10% discount on any snowmobile preseason checkover or repairs, all brands included. Be sure to call in today to have your ATV or snowmobile booked in for this special offer. Some restrictions apply. Call Boyd's Farm Supply for all the details at 519-335-3539. What if you could be paid to go green, would you? Government grants are available to implement greener lighting solutions and ultimately decrease your hydro bills. Let Fritz Construction Services introduce you to induction lighting, 100% recyclable, covering a 100,000-hour lifespan with 40 to 70% in energy savings and instant return on investment, two- to three-year payback, and no maintenance costs. Ask Fritz Construction Services in Chepstow about induction lighting. Call 366-2253. All right, we're back, and it's time to play talk show trivia. Uh, What's that old saying? You can't compare apples with oranges? Well, this week we're going to be comparing oranges with grapefruit. (laughs) Yeah, Jerry, what do we have for our winner? Our winner will receive a gift certificate for a 20-pound box of either Indian River Direct Seedless Naval Oranges or Ruby Red Grapefruits. And you can see the full schedule of where the truck will be under contest at our website, cknxam920.ca. Oh, how apropos this morning. Uh, well, oranges come in a number of varieties, right? Uh, for example, there are naval oranges, cara-cara uh, oranges. Yeah, Jerry, you had a cara-cara? Yeah, pretty nice. All right, can you tell us what variety of orange is most commonly used for orange juice? 
the variety of orange most commonly squeezed to make orange juice, whether it's the fresh stuff or the stuff you buy frozen in your at your grocery counter, whatever, there is one variety of orange that is used for this purpose more than any other. If you think you know, we've got a great prize, uh, 357-1280 or 1-800-668-2569 on the toll-free line. All right, there you go. You think about that. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, well, we're going to be looking at grief this time of year. Grief at Christmas time. Uh, it happens. In fact, uh, i got to tell you, I'm kind of experiencing this personally uh, this year. Uh, so we'll talk about uh, how you deal with grief at Christmas. Also, uh, check in to see how our food banks are doing. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are wondering, will there be a Christmas meal this year? They rely on food banks. Uh, so we'll be getting an update on how the food banks are doing. Also, we have a great story out of Chesley this morning involving a church, a little church who said it can. And it is. I think you'll find it very interesting this morning. All right, Steve Saburn is standing by with a news update. And we'll see you on the other side. Follow the talk show on Twitter at CKNX Talk Show. The talk show is in association with Godrich Hyundai. Midwestern Ontario's most trusted source for news. This is CKNX AM 920. Good morning, I'm Steve Saverin. At 10.30, it's 7 degrees. Sun and cloud, precision weather details just ahead. An 11-year-old girl is dead after she was hit by a train in East London. She was rushed to hospital Saturday afternoon in critical condition, but died from her injuries. The coroner has ruled the death accidental. Police are not commenting on why the child was on the tracks at the time. It's the fifth time someone's been fatally struck by a train in London this year. A week after an early morning smash and grab at the LCBO outlet in Port Elgin, police have made two arrests. The front window of the liquor store was smashed in the early hours of November 22nd, and bottles of alcohol were taken. Sogging Shores police have charged an 18-year-old from Port Elgin and a 17-year-old from the Sogging Reserve. Blue Water Recycling Association has added some new materials to their Blue Box Recovery Program. President Francis Veilleux explains the difficulty in adding new items is developing technologies that allow them to recover the materials and then finding markets for those materials. He says they were able to do that with what used to be wax-covered cartons. That entails juice boxes or septic containers as well as gabletop containers, things that typically milk comes in. In the past, it would have been a waxy container. They're, they're actually plastic-coated paper container with a cable top. Sometimes Tropicana juice or some other juices are also in those types of containers. He says they had to find a way of separating the plastic, sometimes aluminum, and the paper. And a new CIBC report says Canada's economic prosperity is at risk due to a labor market split. It says while employers in fields such as healthcare and natural resources cannot find enough skilled staff, Canadians trained in occupations like clerical work and manufacturing are going unhired for long periods of time. If you see news happening, call us first at pound 920, CKNX News Time, 1031, Sun and Cloud, Precision Weather's next. Putting off your dental care because you are just too busy? If you answered yes, then you are just like many of my patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Derek Grundy, a general dentist in Hanover, and I treat patients using sedation and dentistry. While you are relaxed and comfortable, I can correct years of painful and embarrassing problems with your teeth. Don't let your busy lifestyle stop you from getting the dental care you need. Dr. Derek Grundy and Associates have two convenient locations in Hanover and Lucknow. Call 877-9-GRUNDY or GrundyFamilyDentalCare.com. 
The sunshine's broken through for the day, high of 10 degrees. Tonight's shower, some patchy fog, low 9. Temperature could start to rise before morning. Tomorrow, morning showers and clearing, high of 12. Wednesday, back to the cold stuff. Cloud and occasional sun, maybe some flurries and a high of minus 1. CKNX News Time is 10.32. I'm Steve Saverin. News next at 11 o'clock. CKNX AM 920 is your information leader. See us on the web at www.cknxam920.ca. Welcome back to the talk show with Brian Allen. All right, let's see if we can get trivia answered this morning. Yeah, we're talking uh, oranges and grapefruits, and that's our prize. Beautiful prize. Uh, We're asking you this. Uh, Lots of uh, different varieties of oranges out there. But what is the variety of orange most commonly used for orange juice? Good morning, Barb. Hi. Okay, Barb, what, what brand of orange is usually used to make juice? I'd say Sunkissed. No, it's not Sunkissed. Oh, okay. Oh, Thank but you. good, good guess. Yeah. Thank you. Sunkissed is actually not a variety of orange, it's actually a brand name and probably the most common brand name of orange. Uh, Steve, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, Steve, what kind of orange do we usually use for orange juice? Is it the Valencia? Absolutely, it's the Valencia orange. Do you know why that is? Uh, no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an idea either. I don't know. Jerry, do you know why we use Valencia? Probably because they're the juiciest. Juiciest? And you know what? They that may would make be, sense. That makes sense, doesn't it? Why does that guy always make sense, Steve? I don't know about that. He always some makes sense. Some people have that knack. They have that knack of making sense. Congratulations, Steve. We've got some nice oranges Great. or grapefruit for you. And you stay in the line and say hi to Mr. Wise Guy, Jerry, one more time. Will you do that? All right. Yeah. All righty. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, you know, you can always depend on him to know the answer. You know, um, even when uh, politics face ch- faces change, why is it that so, so much of the time, we get the same old when it comes to politics. Same old, same old. Now, in Ontario, McGinty will soon be gone, as will many of his crew, including those who are vying for his job as liberal leader. Uh, in Ottawa, the federal liberals needing to appeal to a new generation of liberals will ultimately hand the reins over to the inexperienced but likable Justin Trudeau. With the polls showing the liberals on the rise and capable of beating the conservatives with Trudeau leading them, It won't be long until the Conservatives look for a replacement for their bullying boss, Stephen Harper. Yeah, the changes are coming. All of this provides a backdrop to a question that's been asked before and surfaced again this morning in a piece in the Huffington Post, if you'd like to check it out. Um, If new faces at the top uh, can't affect the change we need, then is it time to get rid of the real source of the problem? That being political parties. A Green Party leader, Elizabeth May, says that the Canada Election Act, which is now more than 40 years old, is just not cutting it. The act requires the leader of every political party to sign the nomination papers for their candidates. In other words, you got to be my whipping boy or girl if you're going to run as a candidate. As May points out, that opens the door for the Stephen Harpers and the Dalton McGinties of this world to run roughshod over our elected members. May calls the existence of political parties nothing more than an add-on and says she intends to put forth a private member's bill to do away with political parties. 
We know the bill won't pass, but it certainly opens up a very interesting debate at this point in time. Oh, another thing, under the party structure, it's not the voters who choose their prime minister. We don't do that. The Americans, they elect their president. We don't. As citizens, all we do is elect our own local MP or MPP, who in turn is left to become a puppet of the party. So, in fact, Ontario voters did not elect Dalton McGuinty as premier. The party chose McGuinty. We did not elect Stephen Harper as prime minister. Should that change? So the question is, is it time to do away with political parties here in Canada and to have a system where every Canadian votes on who will become prime minister? Is it time to do away with the parties that in turn control everything from the back rooms and adopt the system where when we elect someone, that elected person truly has a say. He or she truly speaks for us, the voter, and isn't held under the thumb of the party apparatus and the leader of that party. What about that? What problems do you see, though, with a system where there are no political parties? Uh, What would our system look like if we simply had a number of people elected and, yes, some shared political philosophy, but those philosophies were all over the map? We see this before. We see it in other countries that uh, don't go by the the first-to-the-post system that we have, right? Uh, We see it. Uh, We see countries like Italy where they... uh, You know, they have elections all the time, basically, because no one can rule. It's always it's always ruled by loosely formed coalitions. Would that uh, be the future of our politics without the parties, per se? I mentioned the United States, and yes, they elect their president, but we see what the two-party system is doing down there. Of course, they're debating whether they need more parties. Is that is that the answer? Have more parties, not just the Democrats and Republicans. Uh, so is that our, do we need more parties in Canada? Would that solve anything? Yes, they do to elect their president. But then look the kind of gridlock they have when they have a, an elected Congress and an elected House, an elected Senate. Uh, craziness. They get nothing done. But is it time to move away from a system where we have political parties and where, as a candidate, you must, you know, hitch your train to a particular party or you're not going to make it. You stand no chance that you need the signature of the leader of a party in order to even run. Oh, you can run as an independent, but we know, we see where that gets you. You know, it, it, it goes nowhere. Anyway, what do you think of the idea of moving away from having political parties? And how do you feel, how much power do you think your local MP or MPP really has That's the one you vote for. That's the only one you cast a vote for. Is your vote wasted because of the way our political system operates? I'd like to get your thoughts on that one this morning. We'll take a break and be right back. Want to join in the conversation? Call 1-800-668-2569 or email your comments to talkshow at cknxradio.com. The talk show on CKNX AM 920 continues. 
Viruses. They used to be limited to the human body. Then they made one for the modern computer. Families have their own viruses. Distrust, tempers, miscommunication. Fortunately, there is a remedy for these. A daily dose of faith-building, practical help. Focus on the family for viruses and whatever else ails your family. Weeknights at 5.30 on CKNX AM 920. It's time for a Santa Storm on CKNX AM 920. Hi there, it's Dan Devine at the Suncoast Mall in Godridge. Lots to do here at Christmas time, from Bentley to Bootlegger, Ricky's to Northern Reflections, and even if you're the working folk, there's a Mark Works warehouse. Get all the rugged gear you're going to need. Great gift ideas, and better than that, Santa is here. There's lots to do with Santa. There's a Christmas Bureau drop box. Make sure that Christmas is special for everyone this year. And Santa's going to be in his pajamas. That's right. Saturday, December 22nd is PJ Day. Everybody here is going to be in their pajamas, even old Chris Kringle himself. And story time with Santa for the kids happens December 15th from 2 to 2.30. And every kid who's there is going to receive a storybook from Santa. Christmas, Santa, the Suncoast Mall, right here in Goddard. For Santa Stops, I'm Dan Devine. Don't miss international musical comedy entertainer Jimmy Keys live at the Blythe Memorial Hall December 14th and 15th at 8 p.m. in full support of the Huron County Food Banks. Tickets for Jimmy Keys are $25 and available by calling the Blythe Box Office, 519-523-9300. Gerber's Workwear can fit you into a great new pair of jeans. Check out Gerber's selection of Wrangler denims in blue and black, featuring 100% cotton denim for durability, comfort, and dependability. For a relaxed fit, try Wrangler jeans. Available at Gerber's Workwear in Listowel, Strathroy, and Donegal or gerbersworkwear.com. It's what you wear, it's what we do. The clothes we sell look good on you. Gerber's Workwear, we look good on you. <laughs> All right, uh, checking out your emails in reaction to our discussion earlier in the show on uh, DGRs, Deep Underground Repositories for Nuclear Waste. Uh, we have uh, an email from David. He says, David, it is very good that you and your guests raise a number of very important questions regarding DGRs and the possible risks they pose to the Great Lakes. Unfortunately, in reading the propaganda to put out by the nuclear industry, it is obvious they do not consider such questions relevant to even mention. And as far as local politicians, none of them want to look what they believe to be a gift horse. In the mouth. If you have any comments, either email us, talkshow at cknxradio.com. We love to hear from you directly. Pick up that phone and give us a call here. 357 1280 is the local line. Toll free, it's 1 800 668 2569. Dennis, good morning to you. Good morning, Dennis. Hey, uh, hello, Brian. Hey, how are you doing this morning, my friend? Very good, thank you. Well, what do you make of this idea of it's time get rid of political parties? I don't think that would work. Yeah, why not? Well, well, you have to have at least two. The states have two. We we have way too many. They could limit it to two. But we have to get rid of this thing of of our own members having to follow the party line. That's what we have to get rid of. We have to get rid of the fact that they're coerced, forced into following the party line. They they have to have a free vote and not be afraid of reprisals like, uh, you know, 
they're going to be shoved to the back room if if they if they oppose the, the party line. That's what we have to get rid now, of. Now, how far would you take it, though, Dennis? I mean, would you take it so far as to say if they were in a minority parliament situation, for example, and they decided to have a free vote, and, and by not being whipped and supporting the party, they could actually force an election and could be pushed out of office? That's what we have to do. If that happens, so be it. Because and, it's the and, people who have spoken ultimately, right? Yep. That, yeah. that, that would that your member of parliament would would be able to say, "This is what my constituents want." Vote with his heart, like vote with what his what he knows his constituents want, and uh, and that was just it, to me. It's pretty simple. It isn't simple, but it would be if if they weren't faced with reprisals. And I I, I the whip they got to get rid of the whip. Is he not the one that puts them in their position? He, yeah, he's the well, he's the one. You know, the prime minister says, yeah. "Hey, you better get these guys in for this vote. I want, I want to win this vote. You get out and get these guys in the house. Get rid that's, of the that's whip. That's the party and, whip. And, uh, yeah, and uh, and let people vote the way their constituents want. Yeah, because like, you know we're the ones we're paying the way. We put them there. Uh, we yeah, elected well, them to do our work for us. That's exactly right. So let them do their work. Yep, they should be able to do what the majority of their constituents want. That, that's the way it should be. And, and right now it isn't. Like, Brian, like I, I'm a horseman. You know that. I've phoned enough. Sure. Uh, my roots are horsemen. We're, we're going through a terrible thing right Boy, now. Boy, are you ever, guy. You really are. And the, the people that are running, Hoskins, he's come out. He's going to do something. The Toronto Star this morning, Elizabeth Wynn, saying that if she got to, to be the leader of the Liberal Party, that for the first year that she would be Minister of Agriculture. Did you read that? <laughs> no, no, it makes just, sense. Yeah, does it? All right. Yeah, like, well, I just can't see a, I, I just can't see her as Agriculture Minister, but that's just me. Well, that, no, right. it's in the Toronto Star. Like, yeah. that's, that's, uh, she came out with She'd that. be Agriculture Minister the first year. Yeah, that's what she said. For the first really? year, she would be Agriculture Minister. I thought you would have read that, right? I haven't seen that this morning. No, okay. And uh, Hoskins, he said that within the first six months that he would have a, you know, he was going to see what happened. But he also said that he was going to, like, consult with, with this uh, three-member panel that he had that, we're supposed to solve the problems. Well, if he consults with them, he's going to come up with the consensus that, that everything has to be changed. That's what they've said. So that isn't going to do, do agriculture any good. It isn't just horsemen, Brian. It's agriculture. And, uh, you know, it's way, way more than, than horsemen. It's, it's agriculture that's being affected by it. Yeah, absolutely. Good to hear from you this morning. Yeah, well, thanks for listening. Yeah, you bet, Dennis. A pleasure. Yeah, Take okay, care, my bye. friend. Bye-bye. All right, there we go. Uh, well, most of us, you know, have the good fortune of, uh, well, planning for Christmas dinner, right? It's kind of fun. But sadly, a growing number of folks out there are left to wonder, will there be a Christmas meal? Uh, some of these unfortunate people have to rely on food banks for their next meal. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. Joining us now is the Community Services and Food Bank Coordinator with the Wing and Branch of the Salvation Army, Deborah Morrison. Deborah, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Ah, uh, boy, what, just about, what, three weeks ago until we all, uh, you know, belly up to the table and exactly. dig into that, that turkey and turnip and all the fixings. It's coming fast. But we know, of course, that uh, a lot of folks, uh, that's uh, something that uh, they're not sure it's going to happen or not. How are the food banks managing this very busy time of year? Well, um, here at the Salvation Army in Wingham, we are in the 
um, at the tail end of our registration for Christmas hampers. We've been doing it for the entire month of November. And what that is is people, families come in and they register for a Christmas hamper. And that's over and above what their usage is at the food bank. And, um, and it's toys and food for their children. Or, or if they're a single, single family, just a single person, it's, it's a hamper of food for Christmas Day. And uh, registration is, the last day to register is this Friday, um, December the 7th. So they come in and register, and you mm-hmm. get some information from the families. Yep. Then, yep. if there are children, how old the children are, and that's yeah, clothing sort of sizes, right. what they play with, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, it's one thing for the families to register, but of course, uh, the crux comes when you try to have enough to to give out. That's right. How so about that side of it? We, we are um, um, right now in the process. Uh, we have kettles that are set up in our grocery stores. And the money that we raise from those kettles help pay for the food for the Christmas hampers. And we also have a toy drive going on. And you can go to Staten's Home Hardware, Wingham Foodland, um, Red Apple and Wingham, or the Salvation Army Thrift Store. And we have candle trees. And it has um, a candle on the tree and a, a, a gender and an age. And you can buy a gift for that um, age. And then you can drop it off here at the Salvation Army. Or you can, you can um, take it to... Um, the store that you bought it in. Wonderful idea. This uh, is it. Is it looking pretty good, or is it kind of just a day-to-day thing, Deborah? Um, well, it's you know it it's still a little early. People um, are just getting in the you know getting out there, getting their shopping shopping done. We have stuff coming in gradually, but we can we can definitely use more support. Now, of course, I, I suppose too. There's this this issue. Not only are you trying to collect. Food and and some toys for the kids and the, for the special hampers, mm-hmm. but you still have to meet the need, the regular need that's yep, the out food there. Bank is still open, seven yep. days a week, right? Mm-hmm, yep. So that that doesn't go away. Nope, nope. It's it's very easy to donate to the Salvation Army. You pull up to our back door. It's got it's labeled receiving door. You can drop off your food, your toys, um, whatever. Um, they ring the buzzer and they answer the door. So we try to make it as very easy as possible. We even, um, if you have a, a function going on and you collect food or toys, we will come and we will pick it up. Um, so we try to make it as very easy as possible on the on the people organizing these events. Um, what if you want to do something, for example, like a lot of a lot of employers will give their employees maybe a turkey, right? Or right. Give them a turkey. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean. Can you take that turkey yep. that your employer gives you and march it on down to the Salvation Army? You can. You can. I have a, I have a freezer that, that will hold turkeys for that, uh, for that exact reason. And we have people that do that every year, too. Oh, that's, that's yeah. a great idea. Isn't it, it is, yeah. The other thing that occurs to me is sometimes you run into, because there are a lot of contests around Christmas and, and raffles, and sometimes you run into one where I could give a shopping spree. Yes. I always thought, wouldn't it be a nice idea if I want a shopping spree? I would like to run around and grab as much gro- much grocery material as I can, mm-hmm. and then give it to the Salvation Army. That would be wonderful. That'd be, that'd be yeah, a cool idea, I've had I've it? had that done in the past. So yeah. get, we have to get a bit creative. Here, yes, yes, we right? do, we okay. do. And we're always looking for volunteers to man those kettles I was talking about. I was going to go there. Next. Yeah, that if we have to pull the kettle off um, because we haven't got a volunteer, that's it's. You know, it's an opportunity we're missing out on. Can that happen? Yeah, oh, yeah. No. You know, we don't have a volunteer, so we have to pull it, right? So um, we have a, a lady that volunteers, and for six weeks at Christmas, she lives and breathes kettles, and her name is Anne, and her phone number is 519-357-6671, and you can call her, and uh, we're looking for people in Wingham, Blythe, Brussels, so we can... 
it, we, we really, really could use the support. Um, you know, service clubs uh, can sign up for the day, um, you know, fire departments, whatever. Um, we just, we're, we're looking for anybody that can be uh, Merry Christmas to people at, you know, in the grocery stores. Just, you know, you just stand there and you thank people, and it's kind of like a social thing, too. Yeah, you get to nice. see people you haven't seen in years sometimes. Um, now, how much time typically, you know, people are can be busy, too. They have jobs right. or whatever. How much time do you have to uh, donate at, at any given time? Well, the shift is usually two and a half hours. Oh, that's not long. No, no, and it flies by. So you yeah. can do it. You can do it on a, a Saturday morning yep. or something like yep. that, right? Yep. Okay. We have uh, different shifts, and, and she and she's very flexible. So, you know, give her a call, and and she, you know, if you have the time, we have something for you to do. Five one five one nine three five seven six six seven one. Yes. If you'd like to volunteer and uh, have a little kettle there and be at one of your outlets, one of your stores that uh, one of the stores designated. And uh, bring in some contributions so we can get some uh, toys and some turkey and everything for. The and I just want to I want to thank our community too for you know for supporting us, and for for all the wonderful things that they've been doing over the past few weeks, um, and just there it's it's a wonderful place to live. So thank you to Wingaman area. There, there's another yeah. issue I want to bring up, and maybe maybe you're not the one to ask about this, but also this time of year, beyond Christmas, there's the issue of cold weather. There are Poor families out there who can't afford warm coats, for example. Oh, you can come right? into the thrift store and and talk to talk to myself, um, and we we give coats away all the time. Okay, and if you have some coats at home that you know maybe the kids have grown out of or you're not wearing this yep. winter, you can take them down to the Salvation, Salvation Army yep. thrift store and you'll look after that. Right? Yes, we will. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Keep up the great work you you and our, your volunteers are doing, Deborah. Thank you, Brian, and Merry uh, Christmas. And the same to you and yours. Okay, all bye-bye. Right, there we go. Yes, indeed. Uh, Deborah Morrison from the Salvation Army and all of the wonderful volunteers uh, working hard to make it a Merry Christmas for uh, so many folks out there. So keep that in mind, everybody, uh, if you can volunteer your time. Or if you see one of these uh, wonderful volunteers standing by, I saw one in, in uh, one of the stores the other day. They're standing with their little kettle there. Uh, go over and, uh, you know, just some change, or if you can spare a little more, uh, drop it in the kettle because you heard Deborah say what it's going for. It's going for to provide hampers, food hampers, for needy families at this time of year. There'll be some food in there uh, for Christmas dinner. There'll be a toy maybe for a child who otherwise wouldn't get a toy this Christmas. That help funds that, okay? So uh, let's get it done. It'll make you feel good, too. Yeah? It's good to, good to give. All right, let's uh, pause, and we'll be right back after this. on Twitter at CKNX Talk Show. The talk show is in association with Godrich Hyundai. 
Mornings are better with Phil Maine. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. Good morning. It's Phil time. Chickens are finally coming home to roost for Lindsay Lowen. Uh, she could serve significant jail time for lying to police after that accident where she drove her Porsche into a truck. Honestly, I've totally run out of Lindsay Lowen jokes and I got nothing. Not a sip. Phil Maine on Twitter at CKNXville and weekday mornings from 6 till 10 on CKNX AM 920. It's time for a Santa Stop on CKNX AM 920. Hi there, Dan Devine for the Santa Stops. We're in Goddard's today at Sleep Matters at 300 Suncoast Drive. I was really excited. I was active. I was up. I was ready to go for the day. And then I laid down on this Tempur-Pedic memory foam mattress. I'm falling asleep. Serta, Tempur-Pedic, Natura, and Dreamstar. They've got memory foams, pillow tops. All the things you're going to need to give yourself or someone you love the greatest gift of all for Christmas, a good night's sleep. Wouldn't that be great? They've got their floor model clearance going on right now. A lot of their models are really affordable for the people on a tight budget string. And remember, you can always get a great deal here at Sleep Matters in Goddard for Santa Stops. I'm Dan Devine. Here's a great way to get your home ready for Christmas. For a limited time at Cuneo Interiors Carpet One Floor and Home, when you buy two level or custom window shades, you get the third one free. What a great time for great savings on custom roller shades, pleated and cellular blinds, wood blinds, and you always get expert advice on custom window fashions. Enjoy the best prices of the season on all level or custom window fashions from Cuneo Interiors, Walkerton and Hanover, decorating with excellence since 1948. Your All right, welcome back, everybody. Yeah, uh, don't forget about the gift of giving this Christmas, particularly to those less fortunate. It's always great to uh, talk to people like Deborah at uh, the Salvation Army. And here's a question for you. Think about it, and uh, we'll ask you about it in our second hour. It's simply this. Have you ever used a food bank? Have you ever used a food bank? There's no shame in this, but have you ever found yourself in a situation where... You did not know where your next meal was coming from. And you had to rely on the good graces of others to get you through a difficult time. Have you ever used a food bank? I'd like to hear from you this morning on that one. Coming up on our show, we're going to deal with grief at Christmas time. Those who have lost a loved one around this holiday season, it can be recently, it could be many years past, it stays with you. How it affects you. Uh, during the holiday period when grief is part of it. Uh, loneliness is a huge part of Christmas for so many, many people. And as we, through our hustle and bustle and our busy time of year, we often don't see it until it affects us directly. Uh, we're going to be talking with two experts about grief at Christmas. Doctors Gloria Horsley and Heidi Horsley are going to be joining us. Uh, they do radio. They have a wonderful website. They do television uh, dealing with this particular issue. Uh, we're going to be looking at grief at the holidays and how you can cope. Can you change your traditions this holiday season to deal with your grief, actually incorporate your grief into the joy of Christmas? How do you do that? Can you do it? We'll find out. Also, a great story coming out of Chesley this morning about a little church who can. Lots more coming up. Steve Sabern has your news update next. We'll be back. 
Midwestern Ontario's most trusted source for news. This is CKNX AM 920. Good morning, I'm Steve Sabarin at 11 o'clock. It's 7 degrees, sun and cloud. Precision weather details coming up after news, which is brought to you by United Communities Credit Union. Your loan and mortgage specialist. Visit myunited.ca. Foul play is not suspected in the death of an infant in Meaford. The OPP investigated after a six-month-old boy was found unresponsive at the home yesterday afternoon. CPR was started right away, but the baby was pronounced dead at the Meaford Hospital. A postmortem examination is scheduled for today to determine the cause of death. The coroner is ruling the death of an 11-year-old girl in London as accidental. The girl was hit by a train in East London over the weekend. It's the fifth time someone's been fatally struck by a train in London this year. Huron County is likely going to be asked for money for the community access program in the next few years. Director of Cultural Services Megan Wark says the federal government's downloading the cost of the program, which was initiated in all 12 Huron County library branches in 1995. Quite significant for us because this is really core service now in the Huron County Library. In 2011, we had about 40,000 people using our public access computers, and that doesn't include people using our wireless networks as well as receiving training. Wark says they have some money set aside as well as some funding for training and trainers, but adds at some point they're going to have to work out a funding formula. The Listwell Wingham Hospitals Alliance may have to give back $473,000 to the province. The Ministry of Health provided the funding following the construction of an addition to the Listwell Memorial Hospital several years ago. Alliance President and CEO Carl Ellis stresses the Listwell Wingham Hospitals Alliance set aside the provincial funding just in case there was a reconciliation. 60 Ontario hospitals are impacted. Organizers of the massive Armo Wind Project near King Carden are giving the local community a chance to ask more questions. Last week, a number of residents near the proposed site said issues with turbine sound had not been presented properly. Company spokesperson Jody Law promised to look into it and get back to municipal council and residents. An additional way for, for people to uh, ask questions if they, if they have them. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. No new information um, since last week's council meeting. Another open house into the project's plan for Tuesday, December the 11th at the Tiverton Community Centre between 6 and 8 p.m. A recent meeting between members of Huron East against turbines and members of Huron East Council was both enlightening and frustrating, according to the mayor. Bernie McClellan explains heat members are frustrated because the municipality cannot respond to a proposed wind energy project near St. Columban. He summed up Huron East Council's position by saying they're willing to do as much as they can legally, but they're not willing to go beyond that. And the age-old idea of merging the three maritime provinces has been resurrected. A trio of uh, conservative senators are making a plea to consolidate the maritime provinces, an idea that has intermittently reappeared over the past century. Calls for maritime union date back more than 100 years to confederation. For details on these stories and more, check out our website, cknxam920.ca. Checking the markets. While the S&P TSX Composite Index is down a point to 12,238, the Dow up 9 points at 13,304, and the Nasdaq up 10 points at 30,20. The Canadian dollar holding steady at par with the U.S. greenback. Sun and cloud through the day. Precision weather is up next. I'm Brian Thorne from United Communities Credit Union, where all of us are committed to building stronger communities by helping people build successful businesses, secure their dream homes, and helping families plan for the future with services that might surprise you, like lending limits up to $10 million, flexible, worry-free mortgages, and financial planning with expert advice. Get a home equity line of credit at a low rate of only 3.50%. For complete details, visit myunited.ca. United Communities Credit Union. Unique needs. Unique solutions.
Sunshine and some cloud through the day. Tonight, showers, patchy fog rolls in, low 9. The temperature may start to rise before morning. Morning showers tomorrow, then clearing high of 12. And Wednesday, mix of cloud and occasional sun. Maybe some flurries and a high of minus 1. CKNX News Time is 11.04. I'm Steve Saber in News Next at 11.30. CKNX AM 920 is your information leader. See us on the web at www.cknxam920.ca. Welcome back to the talk show with Brian Allen. Good to have you along in hour two, everybody. Well, in hour one, uh, raise the issue, something that uh, Green Leader Elizabeth May has been talking about, and others have mentioned this over time, but the story is uh, making the rounds again, particularly when we see the mess that our politics is in. Uh, we see the changes that are taking place. There's going to be a new Premier of Queen's Park, new leader of the Ontario Liberal Party. There's going to be a new leader of the Federal Liberal Party. There is already a relatively new leader of the Federal New Democratic Party. But why is it when you change the faces that uh, we seem to get more of the same old a lot of times from our politicians? You know, uh, for one thing, as May points out, uh, our, our elected representatives, by and large, have little power. They can't really speak their mind. The backbenchers we're talking about, you know, I mean, even to run. I mean, they had to have the leader of their party sign off for them to become a candidate. And uh, they're held mainly to the party line. A few brave souls, often with tenure, will stand up and will uh, speak their mind, will vote against the party line uh, at their peril. But, you know, we only vote for our local member. That's all we have in our system. We're not the ones who directly elect the prime minister. Uh, as, as May points out, this is all run by, by the political parties, by the political machine. And of course, we also know, I know as, as a journalist, you try trying to deal with politicians. Uh, quite often you have to run through a filter, a gauntlet of political backroom machinery to get to the member that you elected in order to have that member talk to you. Some are very good at this. Some are very good at simply avoiding it. Altogether, they're there for a photo op and nothing more to follow the party line and spend enough time so they can collect their pension. Uh, some are happy with that. Some speak out against it. The fact of the matter is, is it time we do away with the party system as it exists? It's a question being asked again as we see so many problems with our system, so much gridlock. And we watch the Americans uh, with their gridlock two-party system where politics uh, rules over common sense and the need of the people. They're, they're facing a fiscal crisis right now, and they still can't reach consensus on some way of saving the American economy. And we often face the same issues here. Time to do away with the political party system in Canada. What do you think? It's a question being asked. We're asking you this morning. Well, you know, um, there's another issue around this time of year. Uh, Christmas is supposed to be a joyous time, right? But beyond the tinsel and the mistletoe, uh, life happens, doesn't it? I found that out just the other day when a close relative passed away. Uh, when told about it, most people react by saying, oh dear, not at Christmas. On many levels, Christmas can uh, indeed be one of the the saddest, certainly the most stressful times of year. And for those who grieve, the question is, can Christmas ever be the same? Can it ever be the same again? 
Joining us to talk about recovering from the loss of a loved one, especially at this time of year, the mother and daughter team of Gloria and Heidi Horsley, both doctors and founders of the Open to Hope Foundation. They have a, a great website. We'll give you the address. Uh, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi also host their own weekly Internet radio show. They appear regularly on television talking about grief issues. Good morning to you both. Hey, Brian. Good morning. I'm Mama Gloria. (laughs) Great to have you with us. (laughs) Mother and daughter team. That's great to see. Um, Well, this may seem like an abrupt question, but, but let me ask you this, and maybe you can lead off, Gloria. Does having a loved one die at this time of year have to spoil Christmas forever? Wow. Forever? No. Definitely the answer is no to that. Early on, if you have somebody die this year, it's going to be tough. Yeah. For sure. You know, and uh, kind of fake it till you make it the first year. What do you think, Hyde? I agree with you, Mom. I mean, the first year is very, very hard because it's the first without that person that you love. And, you know, it does get easier with time. And I know early on it's hard to hear that. It doesn't mean we don't forget the per- that we're going to forget the person. We never do. But we find new ways to incorporate them in our lives, even though even though they're not here during the holidays. Here's the thing, though. When someone passes around a holiday like Christmas, um, is there sort of a ongoing guilt that we experience? Because on one hand, we want to smile again. We want to celebrate next Christmas and the Christmas after that. But then there's always seems to be this little guilt gnawing at us. How in the world can I celebrate Christmas and go to the parties and go shopping and have a great time when it's the anniversary of my my husband or my brother's or my uncle's death? It just seems that there's a there's that that sort of disconnect there. How do we get over that? Well, you know, the thing is, the first year, it, it's tough. You almost have to fake it till you make it and, and step through it. And and you got to live it. You have to live it that first year. So it depends on where you are in the process. The first year, you're kind of frozen, and, and you're grieving for that person who's gone. And then uh, the second year can kind of sneak up on you a little bit because then you're uh, grieving for yourself. And it, it gets, uh, you can, it can be pretty painful the second year because you're kind of thought out and you want to think about the, the freeze of, uh, the holidays and winter and you're frozen in grief and then you kind of start thawing out. And so the second year can be tough and then the third year, uh, things generally start to pick up a little bit. So it depends on where people are in the process. It's a, it's a process. And you but don't want to, and you don't want to be a killjoy, right? I mean, you have to understand yeah. that, you know, while you may still have some sort of grief go process going on, you don't want to spoil the time of year for everybody else around you. But there's some things that you can do. Heidi's got okay, some good so ideas. let's get into that. How can we juxtapose our grief at this time of year with trying to have a, a, a joyous time at Christmas? How do you do this? Tell, give us some hints here, Heidi. Okay. Well, like my mom said, you know, Brian, the bottom line is we do feel guilty at the beginning. When my brother died, I felt guilty having joy and happiness during the holidays. And like you said, though, we don't want to be a killjoy for everybody else there. So there are things we can do. For example, one of the things that's really hard for us when we've had someone that we love die is going to a holiday event and having nobody say the name. Nobody recognized that person that died. We want their names to be spoken. We want to talk about positive memories of them. So what my mom and I are always saying is ask somebody to give a toast for you if you feel that you can't give it in honor of that person that's not here anymore. 
Oh, a and, and also, yeah. how you always say, don't forget the living kids too, you know, or the living living people there. This is in honor of my brother Joe, and for all of the people that uh, knew him and loved him, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's sort of a, and that's sort of an icebreaker. Then, do you do that early in the process? If you arrive at a family gathering, you're sitting at the family dinner, and you're you're kind of looking around, and you get the sense, yeah, there's this empty chair still there. Is that something you deal with very early and sort of break the ice and get it out there? Well, you know what? When you say you, one of the things I suggest is that maybe you have another family member do it if it's in the first year. Right. And ask them to do it and let them handle, you know, when you think it should be done or, or uh, you know, whatever. You can talk to them about it. But it's pretty hard for a newly bereaved person to do that. Maybe second year you can do it yourself. But ask a family member to help you. And one thing you can also do before you go to a party, if, if you know, it's a big, like a uh, office party, say, and you're feeling guilty because your loved one has died and you're going to a party, have a little celebration there yourself. You know, do light a candle to them, uh, maybe have a rose there or a pitcher, and have a little ceremony before you go to the party for them. You know, the, the other thing, Brian, is you need an escape route, okay? You need an escape route. You need to be able to leave if you need to be able to leave. So my mom and I are always saying to people, if you can have a car or have a way to leave, that can be helpful, and you might need to take a break from that event and go outside and catch your breath and maybe cry by yourself, et cetera, and that's okay. Figuring out how to take care of yourself during these holiday events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you yeah, also I... have to make sure you tell people that, you know, like um, say to your family members, you know, or people that they are the ones that kind of watch after you, you know, if I take a break during the dinner and leave and come back, don't come and find me. Because um, I really need some time, uh, you know. Let people, and I may have to leave early, and warn people in advance. They may not like it. Uh, people don't like it when you change your holiday, their, change their holidays by not coming to their dinner or whatever. So it's a good time to tell them now. Tell them early. They may be mad, but they'll be mad anyway. Is there, if we know someone is hurting, if they've just lost someone recently, or you know, maybe this is the first anniversary and it happened around Christmas. Are there some things we should not be saying to them? <laughs> I would not. I would not be saying any cliches like "time heals all wounds." Um, you need to be happy. That's what your loved one would have wanted. We know our loved ones would have wanted that, but the reality is, our minds know that. But sometimes our hearts take a while to catch up with our heads. Yeah, we hear that so often. Oh, so-and-so would have wanted that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she loved Christmas, so she'd want you to be happy. Uh, right. Yeah, that doesn't cut it, does it? No, no, and no. only the good die young, or God yeah. takes the good good people. Oh, how many or, times you do you know, hear God's that? God's watching over you. How many times do you hear that stuff? Yeah, over and over again. Yeah. My goodness. You know, you talked about the grief. You referred to the grieving process. We all have to grieve. We know that, Gloria, but and Heidi. But is there a time when we have to step back and say? Is my grieving typical? Is it normal? Is it healthy? Because I assume that really grieving, while it's painful, it's part of a recovery. It's actually part of restoring our own health in a sense. So when do we start to have to ask ourselves, is this not healthy grieving? Am I, is this going on too long? Am I, am I punishing myself? Is there too much guilt here? What sort of things should we be asking ourselves? You know, I love that you're saying that, Brian, because the question is, are you asking yourself that or are other people saying that to you? Hmm. What we find is oftentimes people are saying that to other people, where if you look in your own heart, 
and say, what am I ready for? What am I ready to do? I mean, people sometimes, they want us to move into closure. And we like to say closure is for bank accounts, not love accounts. Uh, yeah. And, of course, you know, your our grief is uncomfortable to other people, by and large, I suppose. And so, yeah, they wish you'd get over it cause, because they want to move on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, and grief is – go ahead, Hyde. I was just going to say, as my mom will attest to, most grief, over 90% of grief is normal. And I think that's very important because sometimes people think that it's pathological to be grieving. We We grieve because we hurt so much. If we weren't grieving, then we'd be sociopaths. This is because because we we... love these people and they're no longer with us. Yeah, by the same token, do we... Do we have to display our grief in, 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 a, in a certain way? I mean, I, I watch some people, and, for example, they're grieving. They tend to get very busy, they, you know, and they seem to be going about their everyday lives, and they're, you know, they're, they're cleaning things, and they're, they're doing all that. And you think, wait a minute, you're supposed, to be in a, you're supposed to be a wreck. You're supposed to be in your room crying, uh, you know, instead of being busy and tear, running all over the place. But I suppose we all grieve differently, don't we? Absolutely. Everybody has their own pattern and their their own ways of doing it. And, you, you know, you really have to look at are you hurting yourself or other people um, by the way you're grieving, you know, your loss as time goes on. But, you know, there are people who care, who have to make a decision at some point in their life. And I'm looking at more like maybe three years out or so or four years where they say, you know, this isn't working for me anymore. You, you know, you can ruin your health over those kinds of things. So as time goes on, I would say during this holiday season, if you're out there a bit in your grief, you might want to take a look at giving yourself the gift of thinking about your life in different terms. Well, well, Mom, I agree with you. And, you know, if you're you're hopeless, helpless, and worthless for years and years and years, you do need to look at what's going on. Like my mom said, "How how do we transform our lives after loss and find joy again? And you can. My mom and I are here to say that is our message. You can find hope again after a loss and incorporate those that you love in new and different ways into your life, even when they're no longer here. Heidi, you mentioned you lost your brother. Tell us about your brother. What happened? Um, My brother and cousin were both 17 years old. They were driving across a bridge in D.C. The the car hydroplaned, and it blew up, and they were both instantly killed. And my mom and I basically felt like our lives were over. We never, ever thought we'd find joy and hope again. And this was over 20 years ago, over 25 years ago, and we have gone on to find hope and joy and amazing things in our life. And we continue to keep our brother's memory alive, and he's the one that inspires me every day, even though he's not here. That's beautiful. Um, Let me ask you this, because um, this Christmas, of course, maybe someone has been widowed or is a widower. They've lost their, their spouse, their partner in life. Um, is Christmas time the proper time for reintroducing a new love interest to the family when you've, when you've lost your partner? Wow, that, that's an interesting thought. When is the time to introduce a new, a new love into the family? Because, you know, well, the part I, of the family gets together, right? I mean, you know, everything's yeah. in place, right? You know, I think the important thing is if you're feeling in your heart that you want to bring another member in, what you need to do is tell people and warn people and don't just drop it on them. People don't want to see us change. And, you know, particularly for widows and widowers, sometimes the kids don't, you know, it 
they, they feel hurt by bringing somebody in. So I think communication is the main thing. Communicate what you want to do. Communicate your needs and 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 you know and, try to let people know what you're going to do so they're no. And like no you said, mom. Pre- and like you said, mom, prepare people. I've been working with 9/11 widows for 10 years, and the thing is, when you bring in a new partner, it kind of reconfirms that the person that is dead is never returning. And that's that's difficult. I know that sounds odd, but that's difficult for the family members to see that this person that died is now being replaced, even though he's not being replaced. It can feel like that to, like my mom said, children and to other family members. So, so prepare people. Don't just all of a sudden show up with a new person, a new boyfriend or a girlfriend, etc. Yeah, interesting point. We'll break away for a moment. Back with our guest, doctors Heidi and Gloria Horsley, right after this. Got a comment for Brian Allen? Call 1-800-668-2569 or 519-357-1280. Or check CKNXAM920 on Facebook. The talk show will be right back. These are the sounds of the NFL 2012. There's a wobbly pass into the end zone, caught in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Bud Light NFL football keeps you on the edge of your seat. To the 40, to the 30, goodbye. Catch the magic and the majesty of the NFL. What a throw, but what a reception. Bud Light NFL Radio is brought to you by Samsung, Ramada, Nissan, and Bud Light. And it's the defense getting it done. It's time for a Santa Stop on CKNX AM 920. Hi there, Dan Devine. We are in Gondras today at Sleep Matters at 300 Suncoast Drive. We've got all the greatest beds here. Natura, Dreamstar, Serta, and of course, I'm lying on one of Oprah Winfrey's favorites right now. It's the Temper Supreme bed. goes up and down, your feet up and down, your comfy watching TV in it. It even massages your feet. Yeah, and they even sell everything that goes with it. They got headboards, a huge selection of pillows, depending on how you sleep at night. They got bamboo and micro fleece sheets, which are so comfortable. And speaking of comfort, a massage belt turns in any bed into a place to get a great massage. Remember, right now they've got their floor model clearance on. You can save a bunch of money there. Come in and compare the comfort difference. You can see the difference between conventional mattresses and memory foam. Decide what works best for you. It's the gift of a good night's sleep, and who doesn't want one of those? These are the Santa Stops, and I'm Dan Devine. Canada's most listened to sports radio talk show is heard weeknights on CKNX AM 920. Join Bob McCowan for primetime sports at 6 for the story behind the story. Among those who will go into the Hockey Hall of Fame, the recipient of the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award for his contributions to broadcasting. The long-time play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Sabres, Rick Jenneret. When you say long time, you know it just means I'm old. Yeah, you and me both, pal. Primetime sports, weeknights at 6 on CKNX AM 920. Your sports and information leader. And we're back. We're talking about grief this time of year. Grief at Christmas? Well, life happens, and we know that there are people who grieve at this time of year. Our guests, uh, doctors, yeah, both of them, doctors, Heidi and Gloria Horsley. Uh, they do their own radio show on the Internet. They appear on television routinely talking about grief. Uh, also have a good website, don't you? Let, let's have that address for the website, shall we? Do you want to give us that? Do you want us to give it? Oh, yeah, great. It? <laughs> okay, it's open to hope. That's open to hope.com. And we also have books on there. And one of our books is open to hope 
We've got some wonderful inspirational stories of handling the holidays, and we've got uh, some great tips for you people out there that are suffering grief and loss. You can get it on Amazon or you can get it on our site. Yeah. Um, we, all, we also just did a cable TV show, which the Internet link is on our site, and it's called Finding Hope at, During the Holidays After Loss. Yeah, and hope is what it's all about. And, of course, that's what we talk about is hope during the holiday season. Anecdotally, when you, as through your own grief process and the way you approach the holiday period, has the anecdotes that you hear from the people you deal with, does that help you through when you hear these stories of how people have, you know, dealt with terrible grief this time of year? They've been able to pick themselves up, adapt the way they do things this time of year, and actually have what we like to refer to as a Merry Christmas. Absolutely. I mean, there are people like Chet Zuber, who we've interviewed and know, and Chet uh, actually has his daughter's heart. Um, his daughter, Patty, died in an automobile accident, and he was on the donor list, and Chet Zuber got her heart, and he has a Christmas tree farm and is just a delightful man and, and has gone on to um, do organ donation kinds of things. He's an amazing person. So people like Chet have been amazing. Our friend Eric Hippel, quarterback for the Detroit Lions, he has also, his son Jeff shot himself. And Eric goes all over the world and talks to people about uh, depression and overcoming depression and those kinds of things and having happy holidays. And one of the things Eric does, he's a big 300-pound football player guy, he uh, lights a little candle to his son Jeff whenever he goes to any kind of Christmas events or anything like that before he goes out. Why do we see so much suicide this time of year? I mean, we had the terrible story the other day. of the. You talked about a football player, the guy with the Kansas City Chiefs. Shot, right. Shot, shot, his, shot his girlfriend, the mother of his child, and then, and then took his own life. Right. Uh, uh, you yeah, you yeah, see so much of that, don't that. you? Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's such high anticipation. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there is this high anticipation that we're going to start all really feeling good and we see the lights go up and things start going up and people start thinking about what they're going to give people. And, you know, they start kind of looking at their life. This anticipation is is really a tough thing. It's it's hard. And uh got to realize, you know, um, it's only one day and, and trying to, to kind of modulate yourself and take care of yourself during these holidays is really important. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, go ahead, Heidi. The other thing about the holidays is, is holidays, there's nothing that reminds us of the people that we've loved in our lives that have died more than Christmas and Hanukkah and Thanksgiving. These holidays are all about our, our people that we love. And so you're flooded with memories of your siblings and your spouses and all these people that are no longer here. And it's a very difficult time. And my mom always and I always say, the anticipation, like she said, the days leading up to the event are often more difficult than the event itself. Yeah. I hope that both of you have a wonderful holiday season. It's been a pleasure having you with us this morning. Well, thank you, Brian. It's been great to go on, and uh, happy holidays to you and to all those folks out there. And hang in, and you're going to get through it. We know it because we've done it. Thank you, you. You absolutely are, and I want to say to all your listeners, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours and visit our site. And we will give you many, many tips on how to get through this time of year. Wonderful. Thank you for having us on, Brian. It's a real pleasure. Doctors Heidi and Gloria Horsley, thanks to both of you. Thanks, Brian. All right. There we go. Uh, yeah, you can deal with grief at the holidays, everybody. And, uh, yeah, you know, life goes on, doesn't it? Uh, life is a way of happening, uh, no matter what time of year it is. Uh, you know, the, the doctors talked about expectation, and maybe that's it, you know. We can't live the fairy tale. 
You know, we can enjoy for what it is, but the, the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, uh, our expectations at this time of year can outstrip reality, and we have to watch for that. I guess the other thing I would suggest, too, is keep in mind the true meaning of this holiday, right? And uh, don't get caught up in the, in the fairy tale stuff too much, but make the best uh, of this time of year. All right, uh, coming up shortly, we're going to have a great little story for you. This is the kind of story that, uh, you know, you can make a movie, a good Christmas movie out of. Uh, it, we're going to take you to Chesley. Uh, yeah, Chesley, you know, uh, just north of uh, the town of Hanover. Great little place, fine people there. Uh, we're going to tell you the story of a church. Uh, we know a lot of churches are going through a very difficult time. Well, I'll tell you uh, about a group of uh, people in a church and their pastor who uh, decided, look, you know, we're just, we're going to we're knocked down, but we're going to get right back up. And they've started something very interesting. I wonder, and I'll ask our guests whether this could be a trend we're going to see, as our traditional churches and the buildings uh, have to disappear. We can't maintain them anymore. Congregation size is declining. Maybe they've hit on something, where we can continue and do great work uh, without the uh, the big buildings and the facade that goes with that. Anyway, it's going to be a heartwarming story, and we'll bring that to you. Right now, uh, Steve Sabrin is standing by. He has the latest news from here and around the world. And then we'll be back with you, your phone calls, and our guest. Stay with us. on Twitter at CKNX Talk Show. The Talk Show is in association with Godrich Hyundai. Midwestern Ontario's most trusted source for news. This is CKNX AM 920. Good morning, I'm Steve Sabrin. At 11.30, it's 7 degrees, a sun and cloud, precision weather details coming up. A potential provincial funding clawback is taking the Listwell-Wingham Hospitals Alliance by surprise. President and CEO Carl Ellis explains the Listwell site recently received an unexpected letter from the Ministry of Health asking for the return of $473,000. The alliance is one of 60 Ontario hospitals involved in the reconciling of volumes and funding. We had the money set aside uh, in the event that that had happened, but... Yeah, it came as a surprise to Listowel as well as a number of other hospitals in the province. The funding was received following the construction of an addition to Listowel Memorial Hospital several years ago. A funding shortfall is on the horizon for the community access program at Huron County Library branches. Director of Cultural Services Megan Wark says the federal government's downloading the cost to the county. The program started in 1995 at all 12 Huron County branches and has become a regular component of the library service. Foul play is not suspected in the death of an infant in Meaford. The OPP is still investigating after a six-month-old boy was found unresponsive at a home yesterday afternoon. Police will not release any further information until they receive results of an autopsy. Police in Drummondville, Quebec, are not saying much about the deaths of three young children from the same family. All they will say is that the deaths are suspicious. The bodies of two girls, ages two and five, and their four-year-old brother were found late yesterday afternoon. The children's 33-year-old mother's in hospital for unknown reasons. And the prosecution 
Hutchinson in the Graham James sexual abuse case does not think the former junior hockey coach will spend enough time in jail. The Crown is appealing James' two-year sentence and will be back in Winnipeg court this morning to ask for a six-year sentence. James was convicted earlier this year of sexually abusing two of his former players in the 80s, NHL star Theo Fleury and his younger cousin Todd Holt. If you see news happening, call us first at pound 920, CKNX News Time 1132, clouds or sunshine and some clouds. Precision weather next. Boyd's Farm Supply in Fordwich would like to get you out there on the trails with a new ATV at a special price. From now until December 15th, Boyd's is offering a 10% discount on all ATV services or repairs. You can also receive this 10% discount on any snowmobile preseason checkover or repairs, all brands included. Be sure to call in today to have your ATV or snowmobile booked in for this special offer. Some restrictions apply. Call Boyd's Farm Supply for all the details at 519-335-3539. Sunshine for the most part through the day. Could be some clouds drifting in at times. Temperature trying to push a little higher from where we are now. Currently 7 degrees. Developing showers tonight. Patchy fog. Temperature dips to around 9. Morning showers tomorrow. Then clearing high of 12. Cloud and occasional sun Wednesday. Possibly some flurries at a high minus 1. Currently at 7 degrees. CKNX News Time is 11.33. I'm Steve Sabarin. News next at noon on the Midday Magazine. CKNX AM 920 is your information leader. See us on the web at www.cknxam920.ca. Welcome back to the talk show with Brian Allen. Welcome back, everybody. Well, there is a uh, storefront in the village of Chesley that uh, I suggest doesn't offer discounts or uh, free Christmas wrapping. In fact, you really can't buy anything there, but you can shop for the true blessings of Christmas. It's a story of courage, determination, the spirit of what these this season is really all about. Uh, working in a very, a tiny miracle. Really, that's what we're seeing here. A tiny miracle for one church congregation. Joining us now is Reverend Carrie Irwin, pastor of Holy Trinity United Church. Or I'm sorry, it's the Anglican Church, right, uh, Reverend Carrie? That's right, we're Anglicans. Right, you're Anglicans, but you, but you don't mind Uniteds. Oh, we love the Uniteds. Or Presbyterians. All of them. You'll like Come us on. all, right? That's right. There you go. Listen, I understand your nickname is Reverend Bubbles. <laughs> in in the tiny little parts of the Sargines, yes. <laughs> where, where does that handle come from? Well... Um, well, I, I, uh, I'm not quiet, and uh, I'm kind of out there, and I'm very giggly, and I just absolutely love life. And uh, so my congregation here in Chesley um, began calling me um, Reverend Bubbles. Some of them. Some of them still refer to me as Carrie, um, <laughs> but either way is okay. <laughs> now, um, I mentioned earlier, we, we know a lot of church congregations are going through difficult times these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, numbers are down. Uh, there's not enough revenue to support uh, keeping some churches in, in rural parts of Ontario even open. We've had some sad stories of church closures. Tell us your story. What's been happening with your church in Chesley? Okay. Well, the first thing is is that Chesley is a part of a parish of six churches. Now, those six churches, we have five different models of ministry going we have a chapel of ease out in Walters Falls, and that's a model all to itself. And I'm only out there a couple times a year. And then in Chesley, uh, sorry, Chatsworth and Desborough, we have a blended community where two churches come together to worship every Sunday, and they alternate churches in the summer and then gather in one church all winter. 
In Paisley, last year they sold their church, and they share space with the United Church, and they have an incredible relationship there. They hold separate services on a normal Sunday, and then a few times a year we gather and pull everybody together, and we have the most spirit-filled services you can imagine. In Terra, we have a traditional um, setting where uh, it's, it's, the, it's the big church and the congregation gathers there. And in Chesley, this is the newest model to embrace. We've taken um, the position that God is calling us to continue to do ministry in this town through an Anglican expression, and we couldn't do it in a big church that was just draining our financial and spiritual resources. So what the congregation did was an incredible um, thing. They, they just mustered up all of their courage and their conviction and allowed the Holy Spirit to to lead them from a big church down to a tiny wee storefront that then opens up onto Main Street. And there they can continue to do ministry with a focus on folks rather than bricks and mortar. So now if I'm walking down Chesley's Main Street mm-hmm. uh, and I walk by your storefront, would I recognize it right off or do you, or do you just kind of look like another storefront in town? Well, like a storefront we have in big letters across the top of the window and we have this big huge wonderful window and it says holy trinity anglican church um and then we have a small piece of stained glass window that one of the congregants has actually um given us on loan which is absolutely beautiful and if you look in the store window you'll see on the far wall a beautiful replica um of our stained glass window in holy trinity in a quilt that now hangs in our storefront Does it look like a traditional church? No, it doesn't. But we needed it to be a space that we could do church in on Sundays or on a Wednesday, something that we could do children's ministry on a Saturday morning, something we could do uh, where we have a drop-in center for folks mid-afternoon one week. It, It needed to be a space that changed for the needs of the community each day. How is How is the community reacting to this? Well, you know what, last, uh, not yesterday, but the Sunday before, which was our very first service in that um, location, it was marvelous because we had a service going, and as people were walking down the street, you could see them taking a peek in and giving it a second look. Um, So they're beginning to see that we're there on the main street. We've heard some incredible um, affirming uh, statements from folks. I was just coming into Chesley last night, late at night, and the Lutheran Church on Main Street, further up on the hill, has this marvelous, huge sign that says the Anglicans are now on Main Street. How affirming is that to have the other faith expressions in the town go to that extent to let folks know that we're doing this ministry? That's wonderful. Um, how do your now? Who are your neighbors? How, you, how do your neighbors feel? I mean, now you're you're tucked in there in in beside what we usually see as normal retail outlets trying to do their their business. How do do they feel about this? Well, they have, on one side of us, we have an insurance company. um, And so during the week, we're not too, too noisy. Nobody's actually open on a Sunday on either side of us who might be roused by some of our, our singing. We, we're going to start sneaking that when that door open so that the music from inside the church spills out onto the main street when it's warmer. Not do, quite yet. Now, do you have a piano? Do you and all of that, or how do you how yes, do you produce do. the music? We have a um, a fantastic um, electronic keyboard that makes the sounds of an organ and a piano. We have two incredibly gifted organists who um, help supply the music, and that's moved around in the space depending on what kind of service we're doing and what kind of space we need. You know, this is this is really fascinating because, um, you know, it, this must be something, for example, I can see the young people truly liking this idea. 
Do you notice that? Well, that's one of our hopes. One of our hopes is that we put something out there, a, a, a style of ministry, a welcome mat, where everyone can find a place in it for themselves. So we want to look at having a second service added on either a Friday night or Saturday night or even maybe a midnight, uh, midweek night, which offers more contemporary music, which offers a more open-style dialogue of service for those who are just beginning to experiment and, and try and find out what this whole Christian faith is all about. Um, we want to hold some of those older traditions so that on a Sunday morning, our older congregants who who find um, strength in some of those old traditions will still find that within our walls, even though the building looks so different. But because of the outreach focus that we're going to have, it's going to encompass young children in a Saturday morning program. We're going to encourage um, young people, teens, to use our space as a place to maybe gather who want to create music and put a band together or just have a space for themselves. And then, of course, we want to leave um, time and space open for our seniors for a drop-in center where they can come in and have a cup of coffee and just chat with one another. I'm wondering whether if this really takes off and it's such a wonderful idea, is one store going to be enough space for you? Well, what we're praying for is that in two years' time, we've got a two-year lease, we're going to need to look at bigger premises. Uh-huh. And wouldn't that be a wonderful problem to have? <laughs> what would be a great problem to have. What a boost for the downtown area as well. It's wonderful. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it has so many benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I mean, I mean, with other churches, clearly they've welcomed what you're doing, but they must be watching this yes. and saying, hmm, there we have Reverend Carrie and her, her crew, her followers down there doing wonderful things right down on Main Street. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we there? Well, you know what? It's it's funny. I was just at a uh, congregational coaching weekend this week, and one of the things that was said by DeWitt Jones, uh, who's a photographer for National Geographic, we were watching a video of him. He said, we all have a song to sing. We don't sing that song so that other people gain pleasure from it. We sing that song because that's what God has put in us, right? Like the sparrow on a tree. This is the song that's been put in our hearts by God. And other people in our community and other people in communities all around us also have a song to sing. And it's just about making a contribution into our communities. Are we modeling a new way to sing that song? I think so. But every church will be called to look at renewed ministry in ways that they find relevant to their community and to the needs of their, yeah, their it, congregation. Yeah, you know, that's interesting, Reverend Kerry. Do you think this is what's maybe part of what's going on here? I mean, we're focusing sort of on the, you know, on on the fact that churches' numbers are down and churches, they can't raise the funds to maintain these buildings. Maybe as a Christian, do you think maybe this is just part of the greater plan here? Absolutely. I think what sometimes people think is that when we're in the midst of of what they see as possible crisis or times of trouble, that they think that God somehow isn't seeing what they're doing, what's happening. And we truly believe that God is in our very midst while we do this. We are being led to find a new way to make connections. We're finding a way to take ourselves from the center of community, which is where the church has always been, and as we move to the margins, which is where church is now, we're finding ways to reconnect with those who we truly are called to minister, which is those marginalized people. So, yes, this is 
this is a a, a, a spirit-filled breath that's coming in and sort of grabbing us all and saying, pay attention to God in your midst and listen to what he's telling you to do at this point in time. And throughout the history of the Christian church, it's always been that we go you know, as Christians, we go to where we're needed, to where the problems are. We see that through the wonderful missionary work that we see around the world. Absolutely. So why not? Yep. Why not go in, go downtown? And this is where I believe that we will find people um, finding a place for themselves. They need to be involved with something that is bigger than themselves. They need to be involved in something other than just a campaign to put a new roof on a church or to repaint um the interior, they need to feel that they are really connected with their community and with their world. And yes, I believe that that is the journey that uh, that we're on, and we're going to we're going to engage people at that level. What as a church as a church now operating out of a storefront in Chesley and with the holiday season upon us, what what do you need? What can what do you need as a church to really help what you're doing in Chesley? Well, the number one thing, of course the most powerful thing that we can do for one another is prayer. We need to hold up one another in prayer. We need to be aware of the people who have who have spiritual needs and, and, and physical needs at Christmas time. We're making contributions through our local food banks. Be curious. Right? Be curious and come and see what we're doing. Come and give us a chance. Come and listen to our song to see if it's something that you feel that you can be involved with. And then if you're involved in congregations that are already well-established and you feel that that is, you know, God is calling you to there, take some of these ideas and begin to allow space for your own congregations to think outside the box in what it is that God is calling them to. Reverend Carrie Irwin, uh, thanks so much for your time this morning. And uh, this is wonderful what you're doing. Uh, I think it's a real, really, really uplifting for this time of the year uh, for so many of us. Keep up the good work. Will you do that? Well, thanks so much, <laughs> and we certainly will. <laughs> well, a Merry Christmas to you. A uh, Merry Christmas to you, and God's blessings. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Fascinating. Our question to you as we go to break, what do you make of the storefront ministry uh, of the Anglican Church operating in Chesley? What do you make of this? Is this the answer, at least part of the answer, to the problems facing our rural churches? What do you make of what we just heard from Reverend Carey? We'd like to get your thoughts on that one this morning, and we'll be right back. Want to join in the conversation? Call 1-800-668-2569 or email your comments to talkshow at cknxradio.com. The Talk Show on CKNX AM 920 continues. The holiday season is just around the corner. Housen and Housen of Blythe reminds all motorists that when a child's imagination is filled with thoughts of Christmas, everyday things like road safety rules can often be forgotten. Please drive defensively and take the time to look out for the kids during this busy festive season. It just might be the best gift you give to anyone all year. A community reminder from Housen and Housen of Blythe, wishing friends and customers a very safe and happy upcoming holiday season. It's time for a Santa stop on CKNX AM 920. Hi there, Dan Devine. We are doing Santa stops in Godridge right now. I am just east of Godridge on Highway 8 at Blue Horizon Pool. They've got everything you're going to need for your swimming pool. They'll custom build your gazebo, and I know you're thinking right now, gosh... 
I'd like to go for a swim, maybe sit in my gazebo. No? And that's cool, because they also sell hot tubs, one of my personal favorite items on earth, by the way. Imagine sitting with you and your loved ones in a nice, warm, hot tub, cold drink in one hand, warm massaging jets all over you. But you know what? It's a great thing. And right now you can get some great deals here. The Marquee E-Series 435, they've got a floor model you can pick up. Regular $6,695 comes with a chemical package, an extra filter, a cover, a cover lifter, an ozonator, all that stuff. They're getting the $1,000 off that price, $5,695. Or if that's not enough for you, you want more jets, you want a bigger tub, the 750 Marquee E-Series is available. Normally $7,295 comes with all the great extras like the cover and the cover lifter. $1,000 off, just $6,295, and they even offer free delivery within 30 kilometers of the store. So if you're looking for spots, hot tubs, chemicals, all that stuff, drop by Blue Horizons. Right here, it's our Santa Stops. I'm Dan Devine. Bruce Telecom Wireless offers the latest super phones, competitive plans, great coverage, and local service. Call 519-368-2000 or visit the Bruce Telecom store nearest you. All right, we're back. Let's go to your calls this morning. David, good morning. You're on the air. Yes, hey, yeah. first of all, I wanted to congratulate uh, Ben Lobb for voting against his party, being one of seven MPs that stood up for that. Uh, it was a private member's bill that would bring generic drugs to a lot of the uh, poor countries in Africa. He was one of seven that, uh, that uh, stepped out of line with his party to vote uh, uh, in favor of that bill. Okay. Okay, but as far as doing away with party politics, I, I think we should do away with all parties except for the ones that uh, come around Christmas and New Year's. You know, those. those. <laughs> In fact, you know, <laughs> they could, they could. There's actually a way they could do this. I, I, I think in the next election, uh, if we were to look at saying having uh, a citizens' assembly uh, appointed to to the riding. Uh, that you, you run you run the regular election, and whoever uh, gets elected as the MP would be uh, an, would have to answer to uh, members of a constituent assembly appointed uh, to to the area based on the percentage of votes that the other the other parties get. Do you know what I mean? Like oh. if they, say, like if, if you win by thirty percent of the vote and the other one split twenty twenty twenty, each of them get to have two members uh, appointed to this uh, uh, assembly. And uh, maybe the uh, the winning uh, winning candidate gets three, but then they they vote on different uh, on the different issues as they come before their MP. Yeah, and he would answer to them, and uh, as a result, you get a voice from all from all areas. Yeah, interesting idea. And and the other thing, of course, we notice political parties now. I notice that the federal liberals are doing this. They're opening up the selection process for leaders. So at least at least the popula- general population is getting some sort of input into who's being yeah, groomed yeah. for our top leadership positions because, you know, normally it's, it's, a, it's a political party apparatus and we have no say whatsoever ultimately in who's leader of the parties and, and, and by extension, Prime Minister of Canada. Right, unless you file, what, $10, $25 uh, membership card? Yeah, uh, yeah and you become be. a member of a party yeah. and not everybody wants to be a member of a party. But we do like to have a say on who's going to lead our country. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting. They have one leader uh, uh, running from B.C. who's actually uh, would like to see the idea of cooperation with with uh, uh, parties within the ridings for the next election. 
Um, I can't remember her name, but uh, the idea of, of working cooperatively um, for the progressive parties, whatever, uh, to run in the next election to uh, uh, at least uh, keep Harper from having a majority. Yeah, I'm trying to look where they feel one candidate. Instead of two, they feel yeah. one candidate uh, to, to have a, a more realistic uh, opportunity of trying to win. Yeah, but yeah, that still doesn't solve the problem. Of, and and of, we, of saw that, we saw that sort of through the back door uh, happen in a riding down in the Maritimes a couple right. of elections ago, right? That happened. Strategic voting, they call That's it. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was looking for as well. Yeah, Good yeah. to hear from you, David. Okay. You're, you're a thinking guy, you know that? <laughs> Thanks. Have a good day, my friends. Bye-bye. Charlie, good morning. You're on the air. And good morning, Brian. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, that's your question about the uh, church on the main street in Chesley. Absolutely. That is a good idea. They need to start doing that because, as you know, people are now on a different journey looking at spiritualism, uh, their own deal between them and God, not the dogmas of the church. Right, because they they disagree with because of course the churches traditional churches uh, by and large have gone well beyond just the fundamentals of of uh, spiritualism and of uh, Christianity and they've adopted all of these other things going on uh, you know with respect to the roles of the sexes in the church and and so on uh, so what I hear you saying is people are on a search here Charlie right oh precisely people and are I dealt searching. with this I have dealt with this uh, in a great deal. Uh, through native spirituality, seeing people that come to us looking for themselves. There's going to be, uh, actually there is a very good, uh, uh, show on that, uh, with a guy named Kavia on the iChannel that has been going on. He's searching his, uh, identity, his spiritual identity through different, uh, factions of, uh, faith. And, and you know, we heard we we heard the Reverend this morning say, "Come and see us. Drop into our storefront, uh, and you know, and if you're searching, see what we have to offer. Maybe it'll draw somebody back into a relationship." Yes, and precisely. And yeah, you need to have an idea. open an open mind and an open heart that way to walk into a place, and to uh, you'll know if it's right for you. Your heart will tell you if this is right for you, and you will then be engaged uh, in, in, in the relationship of fellowship amongst other people with the same beliefs as you, and you will do exactly as they're doing. You know, not a bad thing. It's an absolutely good thing. But people are now reaching out for their spiritual beliefs, and it's a greater thing than has happened in the past. It is going to fruition in a very, very large way. Uh, you know, I, I think it's important, too, to realize that it's not it's not the, the service itself. It's not the paraphernalia around the service. It's not the robes. It's not the personalities of those running uh, the church. That's no. not what it's all about. No. Right? It's not about that. No, as it comes back to, again, the, the personal belief, and it's like what somebody uh, said once before. God's not going to ask you what kind of car you drove. He's going to ask you... How many people did you give a ride to? Yeah. yeah. So remember, and I believe this truly, that people should start to realize, even in hardships, even in times of of, of disagreement, uh, to to, to turn it the other way and to turn it to good. Because, uh, you know, if we feed bad into bad, it stays bad. It gets worse. But if we feed good into, into bad, it 
then neutralizes it and becomes good. So in other words, if somebody's arguing with me, turn it around and, 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 and let them know that you're not going to be a part of that, but that you are now going to uh, accept them for who they are, their right of opinion and everything else, no longer having a combative nature. You have a great day, Charlie. That's a nice way to sort of wrap things up today. <laughs> Enjoy your day. Okay, Brian. You take care Thanks, of yourself Charlie. and you have a good one, too. You all the best. Bye-bye now. All right. On that note, that pretty well wraps things up. By the way, um, for those of you interested in attending a service at the Storefront Anglican Church in Chesley, uh, their Sunday services start at 1130, all right, 1130 a.m. on Sunday morning. You may want to check that out or attend a church of your choice. All right, that's it for us today. We will be back tomorrow with lots more on the talk show. Hope you can join us then. Your Midday Magazine coming right up. Have yourself a great day, everybody. So long for now. Thank you for listening to the talk show with Brian Allen in association with Godrich Hyundai. Highway 21 on the south end of town on CKNX AM 920, your news and information leader. Charles Adler, weekday afternoons from 2 till 4. Why is it that I am still somewhat uh, skeptical? I do believe that uh, she was ambushed. And one of these days, you can take this to the bank. You're going to hear stories that other buses in Halifax and elsewhere uh, have kids who are unruly, and it ain't necessarily the bus driver. Charles Adler on CKNX AM 920, your information leader in Midwestern Ontario. It's time for a Santa stop on CKNX AM 920. Hi there, Dan Devine. We are in Godrich today. I am just east of Godrich on Highway 8 at Blue Horizon Pools. They've got everything you're going to need for pools, spas, and outdoor living. You know, they even have gazebos you can put over your pools and hot tubs for as little as $1,500. Life happens. You know life happens. If you have a pool, you've got lots of chemicals to keep it going. But then you also think about all the other stuff that goes around it. You've got to keep it clean. You've got to keep the top skimmed. Even vinyl repair kits. Everything's going to need to keep your pool in tip-top shape, especially I know you're thinking it's closed, but spring is coming, and it's time to start planning for cleaning it up. As well, your hot tubs, I'm actually holding in my hand right now, probably one of my favorite products for my hot tub. It's called Eco One. It's an active enzyme system, and what that means is it goes into your hot tub water, and it attacks all the biologicals. You're never going to get that itchy rash on your skin. You're never going to have red eyes again. It even helps to stabilize the pH and the alkalinity levels, and it's absolutely odorless. Blue Horizon Pools and Spa right here east of Godrich. I'm Dan Devine. Scott Fletcher for Hyundai of Goddard, where for the first time ever, we're offering Hyundai employee friends and family pricing. For a limited time, get additional discounts up to $1,250, on top of price adjustments up to $7,300, and 0% purchase financing up to 24 months on our best-selling vehicles. Just think of us as your cousins in the car business. Or not. We're not here to sell you a car. We're here to help you buy one. Hyundai of Goddard, Highway 21 on the south end of town, or at HyundaiofGoddard.com. Look around your community. 
chances are good that you will see a project that your local Lions Club has been involved in. Monday, December 3rd, help be a part of building your community with the 2012 Wingham Lions Club Radio Auction on CKNX AM 920. I have a $600 down here now, 10 and out, 25 and out, 35 and out, 50 and out. Check your Wingham Advanced Times for the list of auction items or watch for it on our website, www.cknxam920.ca. Monday, December 3rd, between 7 and 10 p.m., we urge you to bid early and bid often. Do Christmas shopping from the luxury of your home. Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? Don't forget you're helping the Wingham Lions Club do great work for the community. We're pretty set so far as uh, shopping goes. The 2012 Wingham Lions Club Radio Auction. Hey, well, all right, sir, open the gate and let them out and walk them, boys. Monday, December 3rd at 7 p.m. Lot number 29 in, what are they going to give for? On CKNX AM 920. From the CKNX Radio News Center, this is the Midday Magazine. It's Monday, December 3rd. Good afternoon. I'm John Marshall. And I'm Steve Sabrin. In the news, the province is clawing back money from the Listowel Wingham Hospital Alliance. Local food.